Welcome to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Join national presenter and consultant Rory Rowland as he discusses another aspect of powerful coaching and how it transforms people to improve your organization. Welcome to Coaching for Potential. Hi, Rory. Paul, it is great to be here again, my friend. All right, it's Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. I just, you're a good friend. I just. <laughs> For, we love it. We love we, doing it. We have well. We have to talk about your your national presenter. You do coaching. You mm-hmm. do training. But this is all about coaching, and I'm glad that uh, you allow me to be involved with this. How did you get into coaching? Uh, truly by mistake, my friend. I <laughs> I sucked at sales training and learned that you got to teach the managers how to coach sales training in order to make the sales process stick. And then when we did that, man, it was like a warm knife through butter. And so now you're on, kind of on a mission to show people that when they coach, they can really bring people up to their potential and grow their lives and, and the organization while they're at it. You know, just like any any professional coach, uh, the coaches we admire are the ones who get the most out of their team. Mm-hmm. You can tell they get between performance and potential, they close that gap. And those managers that we admire and respect are the ones who do that. They mm-hmm. close that gap. They get the most out of their folks by some way, technique, strategy, whatever they do. Uh, they just do it, and and we admire them, and we try to mirror match and model their success so that we can truly become successful too. And uh, that's what uh, geeks me up about this, and that we can help people. If we can help them improve their team, if we can help them improve their career, because the key is if they improve their team, guess what? Their career is going to mm-hmm. be on a, on a higher trajectory too. And I want to put people on a higher trajectory. I want that trajectory to be straight up, and they can do that with coaching. I've seen absolutely tremendous, remarkable results. Uh, through the coaching process. Now, you're the only person we should be listening to when it comes to leadership, right? <laughs> no, Is not that, at all. Oh, what? What? <laughs> That's my segue into what we're doing today. No, that is a great transition. I love that. So I love that. So other people know about this stuff, too. There are not only other people that know about this stuff. There are other people who are much better wow, than me. who knew? <laughs> who knew? Yeah, much better than me and have tremendous information. And So we're going to talk today with Dan Rockwell, the leadership freak. Dan Rockwell and I had a, a, a couple of phone conversations uh, where we did podcast. And the first one, we talked about uh, his leadership passion, how he got started in leadership, how he got fired up on it, um, how he got charged up on it. And then I also asked him about some coaching success stories and then also talked about a blog post that he had where he talked about being solution focused and the importance of that. And uh, he was very kind to share his uh, ideas and thoughts on it. And so uh, we'll actually just kind of roll his tape here and uh, we can listen to the conversation I had with Dan Rockwell. Excellent. We're here today with Dan Rockwell, leadership coach, a.k.a. the Leadership Freak. He is the author of the Leadership Freak blog. He has over 400,000 followers. He's the number one most socially shared leadership blog on the Internet. Inc. Magazine has him a top 50 leadership expert in American Management Association. He is a member of their top 30 leadership experts. So, Dan, I'm delighted to have you here this morning. Thank you for joining us. Well, it's a pleasure to be here, Rory. It is my it is my delight. So I've looked at a, at a number of your blog posts, and I just love leadership. And, and I wanted to come back to one thing that I wanted to ask earlier, if I could, is what got you fired up? What got you so passionate about leadership? Um, really, uh, I just sucked at it for so long. Uh, it's interesting. I was taller than the kids in school, so uh, uh, even from first grade on, I was tall and and uh, relatively athletic athletic i think um and so you know i was the captain of the basketball team all this kind of stuff 
uh, I didn't have any idea what leadership was, and uh, but I thought I was great at it. And uh, probably when I turned 50, I looked back at my life like so often we do, and I realized uh, I didn't know up from down. And, and so uh, I got my MBA late in life and uh, got really passionate about getting better at it. Well, I just I love your blog, and I highly encourage everybody to take a look at it. You've got you've got over 500 posts now, and I just think that's absolutely terrific. And one of the posts that you talked about is how to find solutions without getting sucked into problems. And I think that's such an important key with folks coaching. Um, tell me a little bit about the the mindset there with regards to that. How to, how can coaches, how can managers avoid that? Well, first of all, Rory, I have to say, uh, you know, one of the life-changing principles that I learned is that bad is stronger than good. The first place I saw that was in uh, something that uh, Bob Sutton had written. I think it uh, was uh, Scaling Up Excellence, if I recall. And and uh, then there's some research behind this idea, which means, uh, all things being equal, if uh, you have a good thing that happens to you that's on the, on a three on the scale of good, and you have a bad thing that happens to you that's on a scale of three, you know, in other words, equally good or bad experiences, the bad is going to stick with you three to five times longer than the good. So if we're not careful, we, uh, we, we naturally gravitate toward what's wrong and what isn't working. You ask somebody what they want, and I kid you not, you listen to what they say, and they're going to, they're going to tell you what they don't want. That's the very first response. So, I, I, I try to respond, and I like to encourage leaders and coaches to just be aware of this uh, propensity to move toward problems and negativity. So we don't really move forward by looking backward. And, and all of our problems and the things that we don't like, they're, they're the things that are behind us. Excellent. And, you know, you mentioned three questions you ask in the blog, which many people focus on is, uh, questions like what's wrong, what's not working, what's the problem. And, uh, you know, you went on to say that people get sucked into this gravitational pull, and I just love that concept, the gravitational pull of negativity. And so uh, from that, how do, you get, how do you get teams or leaders out of that gravitational pull? What do you do to, to yank them out of that? Okay, great, great. And, you know, the first thing is to notice that that is what happens. And if we're not careful, we spend all of our time talking about what's wrong instead of what we need to do about it. Uh, I noticed this uh, a few years ago, and people would send me emails and say, Dan, what do you think about this, and do you have any advice? And I didn't really know them, and I didn't know what, you know, you know what to really say to them. And so occasionally I would reach out and say, would you like to get on the phone? Well, I learned early on that when they got on the phone, they could spend an entire hour talking about what wasn't working, and so that wasn't very effective. So I gave myself permission to interrupt them. And so five minutes in or so, they would start to tell me what's wrong, and I would say, uh, they'd take a breath or something, and I'd say, okay, just let me make sure I understand what you're talking about, and and uh, they and I'll repeat, you know, the essence of what what's going on, and then I would say uh, something like this: Imagine if things are going perfectly, what would it look like? Now, the first time I did this was with an HR person from the Homeland Security. And it happened that I ended up speaking for them about three or four months later, and I met this person. And she said to me, Dan, when you ask me, imagine if things are going perfectly, I had no idea. And this is so true of us. We can be working fervently, you know, feverishly to try to, like, think we're fixing something. And when you really try to get clear about what are you trying to accomplish, the, the uh, you know, the, 
cow in the, you know, the, the, uh, the deer in the headlights look comes on people. Oh, I'm not sure. And so it's very, very valuable. Uh, so one of the ways to do it is to just interrupt. I've given myself permission to do this and just interrupt people and say, let me make sure I understand what, what you're looking for or what, what the problem is. And then just ask them, well, if things were going how you wanted them to go, then, you know, what would that, what would that look like? What would be happening? Now, let's, let's be clear. Technical problems, you need to spend a lot of time analyzing the problem. That's not what we're focusing on here. You know, we're, we're talking about interrelationship issues and, uh, you know, culture issues and those kind of things. Right. And I had a friend, I love your concept of interruption, and it just made me think of a friend of mine. Her name's Brenda, and she says, I don't interrupt, I interject. And I asked her what was the difference, and she says, when I interrupt, I add value. So it's an interjection. Mm-hmm. Give, give people space. You know, this is the right. value, I think, you, when you said that, is it give them a moment to look at a situation in a little different way. So I love that. That's very cool. Yeah, I, I love it too. And, and that's the power of coaching. When I, when I work with folks and, and they're really struggling with an issue and I ask a question like you did, uh, which is the perfection question. What does, you know, a dreamlike state look like? Which is a great coaching question. When I ask people those questions and I see them kind of, you know, pause or almost get stunned where you really, you hit the nerve of the issue. I love that moment because you, that's when they will say to you, wow, I had a breakthrough for her. Uh, that day she had a breakthrough, uh, and that's the that's the key to the process is to to get that point where they they get that breakthrough. So then you you went on and and you talked to her about the process of you know what would you imagine? But uh, some of the things that you also said uh, in your blog were uh, what your what would your favorite boss from the past do or favorite boss from the past suggest? You know what made you come up with that question and put it in there? Because I just think that's a brilliant question and a great coaching question. Yeah, well, thanks for that, uh, Rory. I, I, I will say this. Uh, I, I teach uh, leaders and managers how to coach their own people. So I would say half of my time is spent with coaching clients as their coach, and the other half is spent with working with uh, uh, coaching uh, leaders on how to be better coaches. And the the point of not knowing is this wonderful point that scares people but shouldn't. In other words, you ask a question, and they will think for a moment, and then they'll say, I don't know, which is really the moment as a coach I'm waiting for because Mm -hmm. only irresponsible people would know an answer to their issue and not be doing it. Right. It's just so cool to hear this I don't know. And and so then here's what almost always happens. You know, they'll say, Dan, so I was working with so-and-so, and then they didn't know, and we just sort of looked at each other. So you have to create some opportunity to shift thinking, and that's where you you you. I'll tell you one of the things to say, which is so funny, and audiences laugh at this when I when I mention it to them, is that when someone says I don't know, just say, well, if you did know, what would you say? And it's so funny. People will often, not always, but they will often, you know, start to uh, improvise an answer, and that helps them. So the the idea of this is to create some space where people can come at a situation from a different point of view. If you were going to advise me, what would you say is a way to shift the perspective? What would somebody you respect, you know, somebody you think is very wise say? What would someone from history say? Um, you know, what, you know, what would, uh, what would your dad say? What would your mom say? Uh, and, and then if you still get stuck, you just say, well, why don't you, why don't you go ahead and, uh, who might know? 
And they'll say, well, so-and-so might know, and so-and-so might know. Okay, so between this call or appointment and our next one, your job is to go see five people and get get several different solutions from them and then come back and we'll explore those. I just love those suggestions. Those are just great uh, coaching techniques because uh, so many of the coaches I work with and, and the coaches that you work with, or the managers I work with, you can tell that they really struggle when somebody tells them, when an employee tells them, or a client tells them, I don't know. That just seems like a moment where the manager freezes. And what you've done is give them the freedom to go to, that's the moment you're looking for. That's the moment you want to explore it. And and also mm-hmm. for them to have the courage to say, I don't know. Because sometimes people will come up with just, um, you know, something, and you know that's just BS. They re- you really want them to tell you the truth. Yeah, you you, you got to say, when someone says, I don't know. You just look at them and say, oh, man, thanks for saying that. That's just so fantastic because this is the point of growth because I know if you did know, you would already be doing it. And so here we are. We're on the precipice. So, right. uh, you know, thanks for saying that. Yeah. Yeah, and I think and if they did know, that's almost the definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again expecting different results. <laughs> well, I've, I'm a, I've been there a few times, so maybe maybe there's a kick in the pants that has to fit in this conversation, too. <laughs> Well, trust me, that's why I do this. That's why I do that. Sometimes it's more uh, uh, self-soothing uh, than anything else. But, uh, yeah, I just I love that. I just love how you how you handle that. And it, it leads me to another blog post. That was your most recent blog post. And I went back and looked at your very first blog post about blind spots. And I love that because I just – and I loved your analogy with the blind spots. There's a, a blind spot in the car's mirror, you know, and that's when people will honk at you and you'll know you're going across the lane. And so – Give me a little bit of, of, you know, history where you've worked with managers on, the, on their blind spots, and how did you coach them out of it? What were some of the, the processes you used to get them? Because the, it can be incredibly dangerous to bring up somebody's shortcomings to themselves. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you're, you're exactly right. And, and uh, the, the, the reason blind spots are so interesting is we go uh, through our leadership experience thinking we're doing something well and serving others well and serving ourselves well, but uh, but what we're really doing is shooting ourselves in the foot. And this is what makes a blind spot such a dangerous, harmful kind of thing. Um, and I think approaching this from the point of view that we all have them. There's nothing unique about having blind spots. We all see ourselves through a, you know, a set of lenses that others don't. And so, and it's important, sometimes leaders actually need to be convinced that it's important how others view them because you can't lead effectively if you don't know how you're showing up in front of other people. You might think, oh, I'm, I'm a great listener. But mm-hmm. what actually other people are experiencing is this impatient, interruptive jerk, you know, that isn't paying attention at all. So the blind spots are so – they're common. Everybody has them, and uh, you're right. It's difficult to bring them up. Um, it's okay. Asked, and it's, uh, it's, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, you, you go, man. <laughs> I, I was going to ask about – you talked about interruptions earlier, and it, meant, and it was interesting that you, you, you did that. and. I could kind of tell in your, your mind there, there's a moment when you can interrupt, but you've also got to be uh, careful that, it, that the interruptions don't become your blind spot, that you don't do it, that you don't interject so often that you, that you always are pushing your wisdom on, on, the, on the person you're working with. You know, I really think, uh, you know, these problem-solving conversations, um, these are the places where it might be better to interject. 
But sometimes you're just you're exploring something, or you've asked asked someone a question, and it's just great. I'm I'm a, uh, a a kind of an impatient, not kind of. I'm an impatient listener, and so learning to like slow my heart rate and breathe and and relax and you know kind of turn to the you know don't stand directly in front of the person, you know, tip a little sideways. All those things are really useful for for listening, and and uh, but. Uh, I think there is a place to interject, but overall, I really like the idea of patient listening for sure. Absolutely. So anyway, back to the blind spot thing, right? A- absolutely, back to blind spots. And so, uh, I know you know about the Jahari window. I just want to explain to our folks that are listening just for a second uh, what the Jahari window says. I think it's important for managers and leaders to know that. Then I want to ask you a couple of questions for how you enlighten folks on that. But on the Jahari window, it's basically a box, and on the top of the box, you've got uh, a quadrant that's known to self. And you've got a quadrant that's not known to self, so something you know and something you don't know. And then down the vertical axis, uh, you've got known to others and then not known to others. And so you've got basically one box that is known to others and known to self, so everybody knows that. Uh, they call that the arena. Everybody knows that. Um, then they've got one that's known to others but not known to self, and that's the blind spot. And that's the quadrant we want to talk about today. So what are some of the methods that you go through in order to help a leader identify their blind spots, particularly if some of their teammates have told you, hey, Joe needs to be aware of this? How do you go through that process? Right. Some depends on the, on the person. And, and, and on me, uh, for me personally, I tend to be able – I tend to just say very directly to people uh, something that's going on. Um, that's not everybody's style. Uh, and mm-hmm. I think it should be acknowledged. You don't have to be that way. Uh, one of the things that comes to mind, of course, is, uh, you know, the 360 feedback tool, uh, which can be extremely painful and needs to be, you know, uh, the follow-up for that needs to be handled well. But I like to say sometimes to people, if you don't see yourself, maybe you need to ask others what they see because mm-hmm. others help us see ourselves. So uh, the 360 tool can be useful. Feedback of course, can be useful. And if there's a really trusting relationship, uh, right, yeah, here's, here's the thing, right in the moment, this is where we need to give feedback on those blind spots. So someone told me, uh, a, a woman told me who was on my team, I, was, I sought feedback from them, and one of the team members said, uh, you can be pushy. Uh, and I think, I'm a fuzzy te- I, I think I'm a fuzzy teddy bear. So, uh, you know, I thanked her. And I, I said, you know, uh, you know, if I weren't so pushy or whatever, you know, we explored it a bit, but it, it didn't really sink in. Uh, a week or so later, I was having a conversation with a person, and I, I, she was off to my right, and I saw her out of the corner of my eye, and she's giving me that knowing look, like, <laughs> this is it then. And I saw myself, you know what I'm saying? I saw myself sure. for the first time as being pushy. And all it, it was, it, it, seriously, it for, I have not forgotten that and probably never will because it was so effective. I got feedback in the moment, and that helps us mm-hmm. with blind spots too. Absolutely. Um, that's one of the things that I do with my managers and coaches now is particularly folks who are having challenges with, with their employees, almost exactly like the story you've told them there. And I, I say end with this question almost at every coaching moment or anytime that you're talking about it, a serious matter and ask them, how can I improve? 
what are some suggestions you have for how I can improve? And there's been studies that have shown that when managers do that, obviously their evaluations, their evaluations by their employees improve significantly because now their employees feel like they're actually truly being heard on the issues that are happening. So, you know, again, going back to that 360 feedback, getting that feedback from folks. But, yeah, and, and I love that story there because and give folks, and what you did there that was remarkable is you gave her permission to give you feedback which a lot of managers really struggle with that. That's, I think, the beauty of that moment there that you allowed her to do that, is to give her that feedback and, to, and absorb it and take it in, and she didn't have to feel like, oh, I have to crawl into a hole because he's going to do it again. Mm-hmm. Thanks for that uh, idea about at the end of these meetings and one-on-ones and everything, how can I improve? I know you as a coach, I do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, Not maybe every session, but you're saying, you know, uh, uh, what worked for you today, what could be better, uh, mm-hmm. How is the ratio of curiosity to advising? Did you have enough time? But, you know, there are all kinds of things you're doing at the end of these coaching sessions. How can I improve? That's fantastic. That, that's exactly it. So I, I just love your concepts of how to overcome the blind spots. I just think that's absolutely fantastic. And I love the fact of also not being sucked into the problems or the negativity. I just love the image that you left us with with regards to the gravitational pull of negativity. And I just love that that concept. And so I cannot say thank you enough for being here for uh, this podcast today. And I just really, really appreciate you uh, joining us today. So, Dan, thank you very much for your time. Thank you for the invitation. I so appreciate it. You bet. So that was Dan Rockwell, the leadership freak. And uh, it was just a great opportunity to talk to him. I was just so impressed with what he's done with his blog, and he's just got so many followers and so many great ideas. So I just encourage people to go to his website, Dan Rockwell, leadership freak, and get some more ideas on how to be a better manager, coach, and leader. And I hate to tell people this, but a little more of Dan next time, right? Exactly. We've also got two podcasts with Dan, so they can hear some more. And uh, we're actually going to talk about with Dan on his second one is we're going to talk about how to stand behind your folks when they mess up. So how to do that and, and should you stand behind mm-hmm. your folks? So that's a great, uh, a great question. If they need to, people need to get a hold of you. How mm-hmm. do they get a hold of you? Uh, they can get a hold of me with my website, Roy That's R O R Y R O W L A N D.com. Uh, and I do speaking and consulting, coaching, training, all kinds of things for, uh, for organizations around the country. All right. Thank you, Rory. Thank you, my friend. Thanks for listening to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Join us next time for another discussion about the power of coaching. This has been a KCTK production produced by Paul Lavoda and Rory Rowland. For more information and content, visit RoryRowland.com.